One thing we need to understand, especially in the evangelical churches, that we don't have a whole lot of history with the arts, and we can't expect great art to come tomorrow. We need to be patient and learn our craft. Lord willing, we will have another renaissance. That was artist Timothy Botts, our guest today here on First Person. Hi, everyone. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Looking forward to introducing you to a friend today who is not only a very talented calligrapher and artist, but also someone with a deep desire to mentor other young artists. We'll meet Tim Botts in just a few moments. First Person is here each week at this time as we talk with people who remind us that it is God who is at work within us for His good pleasure. And if you'd like to listen to past interviews, which you may have missed, they are available in the archive on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. And they're also available as a podcast on iTunes. Now, if you're on Facebook, you can join with us on our page located at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Chances are you have seen the art produced by Timothy Botts. For many years now, Tim has been creating his own distinctive style, which most often starts with a verse of Scripture. Tim loves to illustrate the Word of God, communicating its meaning in a fresh, colorful way. As we talk with him today, you'll find links to his website gallery online at firstpersoninterview.com. He came to my studio recently, and we began talking about the first time he was conscious of his ability. That, for me, would be first grade, when uh, the art teacher came just every, I think once a week, she told me that I was a great artist. And that meant a lot to me because I was also the kid that was last to be picked on the team. <laughs> so I had a pretty low self-image. But uh, So you I, had something you could say, this, <laughs> this is me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you were the guy that all the other kids, uh, you know, they, they struggled in uh, drawing pictures and you probably were uh, doing the Mona Lisa over in the corner, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that's, I guess, that's a flattering way to say it. I know that uh, back then I was drawing a lot of Disney characters. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were. Of course you were. But when did this uh, gift that you have, when did it really begin to develop? Uh, this same teacher really, really was an encouragement to me because she gave classes in her home on weekends. I had that uh, opportunity in addition to what little art I learned in school. And then when I went to high school, amazingly, this same teacher switched to the high school, and I had her again. Okay. And she told my parents to send me to the best art, art school that they could afford. And for me, because I lived in Pennsylvania, that was Carnegie. Then it was Carnegie Tech, now Carnegie Mellon University. And when I got there, I was introduced to calligraphy as part of my graphic design training. And uh, the calligraphy brought together two things, two great loves of mine, one for the word and the other for art. When did this love for the word come in? When did the Lord come into your life, first of all? I came to faith very young through a neighborhood Bible club, so young that it's mostly what I remember from my parents telling me about it. <laughs> but uh, I did go to church camp I think three years, and I remember distinctly uh, the call to follow Jesus, and each time I responded. And that was a very good thing for me. I, I, I'm thankful for the, that call and challenge, but I lacked the assurance of faith. And so the following year, I went to a place called Hilltop Ranch in Maryland, and there I got the assurance from First John 5, 
13, that we can know that we have eternal life uh, if we believe in Jesus. I think most people, when they hear the name Timothy Botts, they recognize uh, the, the artwork that you have done through many years now. I mean, I walk into churches and it's there on the walls of the church, uh, either as a mural or as something that's been hung there. And we have some in our home, and I know many, many people have it in their home. But how do you describe uh, your particular uh, style? What, what, what do you call it? That's a good question because most people, when they think of calligraphy, think of uh, decorative lettering. Yes. And that's certainly um, the tradition. Uh, I think, for example, that the um, medieval scribes, when they were decorating Scripture, what they were really doing is they were trying to illuminate or bring attention to it to celebrate and honor especially holy words. But in addition to that, which is still a part of me because that's my classic training, is uh, to bring more contemporary graphic design communication skills so that I'm making the words look like what they mean. So I'm trying to combine the art with the communication Mm -hmm. in my work. I wish we could show it right now, but of course we do have the web and we can point people there right now. Mm. And we've placed links to your work in your gallery at firstpersoninterview.com. So even as people listen to our conversation, they can go Mm. online and and, uh, peruse the gallery there that you have the beautiful things online. Great. Uh, You mentioned the word and your love for the word. Um, You really focus on the word and, and much of what you do, right? That's true. I've never, I've never made a statement that I would only do scripture. However, what I found through the years is that uh, it's not by accident that uh, the word truly is great, and, and and the greatest inspiration comes from meditating on it. It is the uh, word of God. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, given to us so. exactly. So I'm happy to do other wor- other uh, great words, especially if they um, fit in with my worldview as a believer, because those are other ways of connecting with people as well. In truth. Yes, that's Mm -hmm, right. mm -hmm. So when you select, let's say, a scripture verse, and you Mm -hmm. decide that you're going to represent that scripture verse artistically, only the way that you can, Mm -hmm. what's going through your mind? What is the process involved in presenting that? I've I've seen you do this as a part of worship services, even. (laughs) Do it on uh, on the platform live, and it's very worshipful. Thank you. Yeah, I... I'd like to talk about this because uh, it really is, it it combines worship and art making together for me. Uh, I found that I've learned to meditate, what it means to meditate on Scripture by these word pictures that I make. And uh, I think to simply explain it, it would be um, to try to um, put the words into my own words, so the principle of paraphrasing, and uh, sometimes I even mime the words. Then I use, uh, again, what I said about my graphic design training, uh, use things like color and uh, direction and movement and uh, different styles of lettering to put down on paper what I'm receiving as I read. And this internalizes the word for me as a visual person in a way that nothing else did before. And it does for those who drink it in as well. Mm -hmm. If they're a visually oriented person, it could be that that's what God uses to to communicate the truth of that passage of Scripture in a way that they had never considered it before, simply because of, as you say, the, the color and the 
the movement and uh, talk to me about color. Um, I, I've always loved your work, Tim, because it it is so colorful. Uh, you you just have you know this this rainbow uh, available to you, and you must you must see the world in a different way than the rest of us. I think sometimes. <laughs> well, I I think as far as color is concerned, uh, there are a lot of associations that I make, uh, and I think some of them are are somewhat universal. And so I, for example, use brighter colors for more joyous messages. And if it's a warning in Scripture, for example, then I tend to use more somber color palette. But it is interesting, as I've learned about other cultures, uh, my work doesn't necessarily communicate the same, because I remember one time I did a Bible verse in English, and uh, a Russian ministry wanted me to do that in Russian, which in itself was a challenge because I had to work with a different alphabet. Uh-huh. But um, I did a sketch for them to approve, and they said, oh, the colors are much, they're all wrong. They said, you treat, you treat the word like a circus. And for them, it needed to be more somber. So I did, changed the color scheme, and they were much happier. I never considered such a thing, <laughs> that color can be cultural. That's right. Wow, what a lesson to learn, huh? <laughs> yeah. So when you... Uh, when you produce a, a, a piece of art and it's this scripture verse and it's got this flourish to it and this movement and this color and do you see the end at the beginning or does it kind of develop creatively as you go? Both situations happen at different times. I find the creative process so mysterious because sometimes I will actually get a picture in my mind of the way it's going to look. And that, that I tell you, is, is really the gift of the Spirit. Uh, just like I'm dumbfounded that that a melody of music, <laughs> you know, where does it come from? <laughs> and that's how I feel about sometimes when I see these pictures in my mind. There are other times, though, to be honest, that uh, I wrestle with the text a lot more. And I may do as many as five or six different sketches, give up, and come back to it the next day because I'm just not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, could I look at your wastebasket sometime? <laughs> uh, I'd like to frame some of the things that you probably throw away. <laughs> you mentioned that there is uh, actually worship taking place between you and, and the Lord when you're creating like that. Does it over, ever overwhelm you? Does it cause you just to sing a, a, a verse of praise or stop to pray? or or the The process itself helps me to feel more strongly about the truth than I would than I have in other ways, like through traditional preaching. I don't feel it as deeply oftentimes. Uh, and then one of the things I'm particularly amazed at the gift is, and, and I mean this in a humble sort of way, that, that, um, that I realize that the visual artist has the gift to be able to bring a face to spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is to actually personify or or making incarnate in in a lesser degree of course so that uh, so that I actually feel like I see God and that I can help other people mm-hmm. see God in a, in this way it's almost like another language isn't it oh that's a good way to put it yes definitely a visual language and we're all different mm-hmm. we all have uh, different ways of we know how uh, we can each read a verse of scripture one day and come back to it a few days later and it, mm. suddenly it means so much more to us and mm-hmm. maybe that's part of what what's going on huh? yes i think so coming up with tim we'll learn about his camp program for high schoolers called masterpiece ministries that's next on first person 
When you join us next time, you'll hear Shelley Welch of Awana Ministries. I am just excited to see where God takes us in the future. And um, and I've used this analogy. I said the train has pulled out and I am holding on to the caboose for dear life because God has just taken it fast and, um, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go. When we talk with Shelley, we'll learn about Awana's international ministry of reaching at-risk children. That's next time here on First Person. Masterpiece Ministries is what Tim Botts calls the summer program to encourage young artists. We continue talking with Tim now about his art and his desire to mentor young people. Teaching is something I've always loved doing, but I have to say, now that I'm uh, over 60, I uh, especially recognize the value of passing on to another generation, especially since people aren't writing as much as they used to. Mm, That's true. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And I my first experience of teaching out of college was, well, actually, it started in college. My senior year, my my teacher gave me the opportunity to teach the freshman class in calligraphy under his direction. So I had a really good start for teaching. Then I went to Japan, and was that strange? Uh, my wife and I were teaching conversational English for three years, and here I am, 24 years old, and I'm teaching businessmen, some of whom are in their 50s, and they're calling me sensei, which, of course, is Japanese <laughs> <Right>. for teacher. <laughs> and you were the recipient of some mentoring even as a young person, so you have to hearken back to that and mm. be grateful for that as well. But Boy, you're, you're right. A good point. When, a, when a person reaches a certain point in life, there is a tendency, I think, uh, to want to give back. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing, isn't it? You're, you're wanting to give back. Yes, and I've enjoyed doing it uh, both through uh, a local community college and also uh, through through churches which want to do workshops relating art and faith together. Uh, And one of my favorite things to do in that particular venue is to help other people make word pictures. I've discovered that after I demonstrate the process of making a word picture on large poster paper, then... Uh, I give people crayons and colored pencils. I give them a list of Bible verses, and I encourage them to take one and make their own word picture. And it's it's wonderful. I, I've I've had children and people in their eighties doing it, and actually, it's the people in between that 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 do that are the most reticent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can understand I, that. <laughs> but I enjoy seeing uh, light bulbs come on yeah. with some people. I don't know how I would do if Timothy Boss were standing over my shoulder watching me <laughs> try that. I'm not sure how I would do. But um, but mentoring and teaching is very important to you. As a matter of fact, it's so important that you and some others have, have really um, formalized a, a summer program for young people. Tell me about Masterpiece. Uh, Gordon and Sherry Rogers had the vision first for a camp uh, that would uh, mentor young people in the arts. And they were friends of ours at church. They invited us over one night and shared that vision. Sherry comes to it uh, from a counseling standpoint, um, having been a counselor to high school students for many years. And this is a really wonderful part of the ministry because high school students in the arts oftentimes don't fit in because our culture, our larger culture doesn't make room for them sometimes. So the counseling component is just huge in, in our camps. Uh, and then the other, other part of it is, um, is, of course, affirming and developing those gifts that they have. And I, I might mention that uh, we work 
in four major areas of the arts, uh, in drama, in creative writing, in music, and visual arts. So this is a summer camp program? It is a summer camp. It's, it's, a, it's a, a week, and uh, Lord willing, we hope to expand to more weeks in the future, but uh, we, uh, we usually have between 30 and 40 students, uh, which is a really nice number because there's a lot, lot of uh, interaction one-on-one that goes on that mm-hmm. way. So you and other professionals give your time to... To be the teachers? Um, yes, that's right. And um, uh, the word professional is good because we we have people who are very successful in their fields that are teaching for us. Uh, and so it's a professional level camp. But there's also very uh, the uh, spiritual dimension is very equally important mm-hmm. in the camp. Mm-hmm. Where does this take place? Our camp is located in Scottsville, Kentucky, which is about an hour and a quarter north of Nashville. So, uh, but you have people who come from all over the country or yes. just that part of the country? How does that work? Well, we owe a lot to, uh, to radio. Uh, I've had the opportunity to be interviewed and uh, people have responded from... One year we had t- people from 10 different states and one foreign country. Okay. <laughs> so if they, can, if they can get there, uh, you would welcome them to the camp for the week and... Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me tell me more about the vision for this and where you would like to see it go. The ideal would be if someday we could work with another age group as well. We started with high school because that's where Sherry's expertise lies in counseling and also because high school students are at a critical point where they're making uh decisions about what they're going to do after high school. So, so they're making that vocational choice. Mm-hmm. But when we share this ministry with other people, we find that there's so many adults who either say, well, can I do it? <laughs> or they say, but what about my little children? Uh-huh. So I know that there's a need for this uh, through all the ages, but uh, we just want to be good at one thing first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if we have people who are listening to this conversation who have a high schooler mm-hmm. who has a propensity for art uh, an interest, and that gift needs to be encouraged and developed, um, this would be one opportunity to take a week during the summer and go to camp. Yes, and uh, I enjoy especially seeing how the students uh, find each other. They find other uh, like-minded individuals who are seeking God and also seeking um, His will for their artistic gift, and they become fast friends. We've, we've been going on now for, uh, this will be our ninth year of camp. Uh, and the neat thing about it for me is to see how they keep coming back. And of course, we kick them out when they graduate. <laughs> and then they still want to come back as, uh, as interns. They want to give. Yes, yeah, that's right. And yeah. my favorite story is about one, one um, well, just last year, one of our students who's now is a graduate of college, and she has, she has a very successful job. And she decided to give a scholarship, and she wrote to us saying that she wanted to pass on to another student uh, the opportunity that she had. Nice, nice. You don't have to name names, but tell me another testimony or story of one of the young Mm. people and how they've been encouraged, or maybe maybe it's sort of set the course uh, for their life in a way. Yes, uh, another uh, young man uh, is now working in the film industry in Hollywood, and he, he told us that he really appreciated that at camp, we gave him the affirmation that that was something that he could pursue uh, with the rule of God's Spirit in his life. Uh, and it was something that he didn't receive encouragement from those around him 
So he needed that from someone. I like to share with people that when God gives a gift, uh, he doesn't give it in vain. So that's one of the important things that the church needs to do today is to is to affirm that gift in young people and to uh, to cause that seed to grow. Yeah, sports are great. Other sure. uh, music is great. <laughs> lots of lots of of good and healthy things. But we do kind of neglect uh, <laughs> visual arts, drama, and that sort of thing, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So where do you find the uh, the, the mentors who come to camp and help the help the teens? Uh, well, we've oftentimes they already work with high school students as teachers because that way they understand their level. Do they volunteer uh, their time? No, actually, we do pay our we uh, we offer four to five different tracks each year at camp, and those teachers are paid. That's one of our ways of of making a statement of uh, of the worth sure. of of what they do. Um, everybody else is volunteer though that that works with us. And uh, in addition to some high school teachers themselves being part of us, we have, um, for example, Steve Leeper, who uh, worked with uh, Big Idea on VeggieTales, was a teacher several years for us. And, um, oh, I also have to... To brag about uh, Michael Card coming and uh, <laughs> and speaking to our students one night. So, in addition to the people who who do studios, uh, we do bring in uh, two or three other people working professionally in the various art fields to come and speak to the students. I'm thrilled to hear about this. It's called Masterpiece Ministries, and for our first-person listeners, we're going to put information on the website. So you can go there at firstpersoninterview.com and and learn all about this, and hopefully there'll be some high schoolers maybe attending uh, this summer because of our conversation together. Are you encouraged about the the life of the arts in the church? We seem to have gone through a, a... sort of a dismal period for so many years, and it seems to me that things are coming to life again. That's right. Uh, that's very true, Wayne. I, I, uh, well, I grew up in a church that, that wasn't, um, it was fairly supportive of who I was as, as a young artist. It's just that there wasn't anything in place to encourage me. Um, whereas I know that some young people from my era actually were turned away. They, mm-hmm. they were, they were, sh- they were told to shun the arts, and uh, I am very encouraged by where we've come. But I think one thing we need to understand, especially in the evangelical churches, that we don't have a whole lot of history with the arts, and so we have to be patient, and we can't expect great art to come uh, tomorrow. It's going to be, uh, it's going to take some time. Uh, we need to be patient and learn our craft well. Uh, and then someday we will blossom. We will, ha- Lord willing, we will have a- another renaissance. My thanks to artist Timothy Botts for the conversation today and for his art that hangs right here in the studio. I'm also very excited to hear about this summer's Camp for Young Artists, which Tim and other volunteers are putting together. The Camp for High School Age Young Artists will be held in late July in Kentucky, and there's plenty of time for you to download the brochure and sign up for this wonderful opportunity. Just go to our website, firstpersoninterview.com, follow the links for all the details. That's firstpersoninterview.com, and follow the links to Masterpiece Ministries. Today's interview with Tim and all previous interviews are online at firstpersoninterview.com and also on iTunes as podcasts. Our calendar of upcoming guests can also be found at the website. And you can follow us online on Twitter and Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. 
And thanks for listening today. Next week, our guest will be Shelley Welch of Awana, the children's ministry. Shelley will tell us of Awana's international work of reaching at-risk children. Now, with thanks to my producer and friend Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next week for First Person. 